Welcome back to John Bound Politics on DailyNewsCollective.com. Please subscribe to the John Bound Politics YouTube site. And be sure to check Daily News Collective for breaking news worldwide. As Biden's executive order, Blitzkrieg, continues into its first week of his presidency, signing 15 executive orders on Inauguration Day alone, while the Democrats and a handful of Republicans support impeaching President Trump in a display of hubris and theater. Here is Rand Paul from earlier today. Kamala Harris has offered to pay people's bail who tried to burn down the courthouse and were rioting in the cities. She offered to pay the bail. Is that inciting people to violence if you're willing to pay people to get out of jail after they've already committed violence? Should Kamala Harris be impeached? So, no, the answer is no. We would never do that because we're reasonable people. The Democrats are wanting to impeach the president because they're deranged with hatred and bitterness. But the president never said anything close to what Kamala Harris did. She, the president never said anything close to what Bernie Sanders did in saying, well, the Republican plan is you get sick and die. Well, that incited one of his followers to almost kill Steve Scalise, mm-hmm. wound four or five others, and nearly have a massacre of 20 congressmen because he was yep. incited by intemperate words of Democrats. But none of us would have said they should have been impeached, and none of us said that Kamala Harris is responsible for the violence or that Bernie Sanders is responsible for the violence, because we don't think that that is a reasonable thing to say. But every one of them said it about Trump. So just remember, it's a double standard. Now let's get you caught up on the past week. Here are some reports you can find at John Bound Reports on Rumble.com. Those insurrectionists were not patriots. They were not part of a political base to be catered to and managed. They were domestic terrorists, and justice must prevail. The left's war on President Trump is a war on taxpaying citizens responsible for pumping the lifeblood into the heart of America. In order to send that heart into cardiac arrest, Commandant Nancy Pelosi has become a dictator within the House chamber, where fear and loathing reign supreme within the corporatic country club halls of the Capitol, as the Huffington Post hastily reported. Capitol Police briefed Democrats about three more potentially gruesome demonstrations planned in the coming days. The first is a demonstration billed as the largest armed protest ever to take place on American soil. Another is a protest in honor of Ashley Babbitt, and another demonstration which three members said was by far the most concerning plot would involve insurrectionists forming a perimeter around the Capitol, the White House, and the Supreme Court, and then blocking Democrats from entering the Capitol, perhaps even killing them, so that Republicans could take control of the government. I stand before you as a wife, a mother, a grandmother, a daughter, a daughter whose father proudly served in this Congress. Over the weekend, Democrats voted to ban gendered language in House rules. And that means no more terms like father or mother, just in case you're wondering where they stand on the family. That also means terms like women and men are out. That's where they are on biology. And for good measure, brother and sister and first cousin are also banned. 
And as 80-year-old Pelosi's dementia sets in, the sergeant-at-arms who answers directly to Pelosi had metal detectors installed to check the Congress like a third-world dictatorship. I'm not joking. When you talk about the fall of the Soviet Union, you, what did they start to do? They started to crack down. They started to crack down on people. And that's what you see here. They're not allowing even Republicans to offer amendments. Now we have to go through magnetometers to get checked before we go on the House floor. That was a new thing tonight as if we're some as if we're criminals add to that as the washington examiner reported speaker pelosi is implementing fines for members who don't wear a mask on the house floor five hundred dollar fine for the first offense twenty five hundred dollar for the second offense fines will be deducted from member pay while compromised Chinese assets, the likes of Eric Swalwell, were elected by Pelosi to be a manager over the SNAP impeachment sham. Are you comparing President Trump to Osama bin Laden? I'm comparing the words of an individual who would incite and radicalize somebody, uh, as Osama bin Laden did, to what President Trump did. You don't actually have to commit the violence yourself, but if you call others to violence, that itself is a crime. Under Pelosi's poor excuse for leadership, self-serving Congress members are now pointing the finger at each other for the Capitol siege. Staff called the sergeant at arms to say what is going on. And he reiterated the only way these people could have gotten into the, the Capitol complex was with a member or that member's uh, staff. I have colleagues who are now traveling with uh, armed escorts out of the fear for their safety. Many of us are, are altering our routines, um, uh, working to get body armor, uh, which is a, a reimbursable purchase that we can make. Um, it's sad that we have to get to that point, but you know our expectation is that someone may try to kill us. This was dropped off at my um, uh, office just a few minutes ago, and um, I, I, I know my colleagues are very, very concerned. Uh, it's just a very troubling time for all of us. They are worried that members quite specifically, either participated in the attack itself or future ones, or are so radicalized by some of the more further far-right conspiracies out there, especially QAnon, that they might become a danger themselves. I myself did not even feel safe going to the that extraction point because there were QAnon and white supremacist sympathizers and frankly white supremacist members of Congress um, in that extraction point who I know and who I had felt would disclose my location and allow me to um, who would create opportunities to allow me to be hurt, kidnapped, etc. What did the speaker know? And what did other legislative leaders know, and when did they know it? Maybe that's a, a rush to impeach the president, because so we'll never know what legislative leaders here knew. The FBI knew about a number of individuals that were planning a war on the Capitol, including killing police officers, and they shared the information. But nothing happened. The chief federal prosecutor in Washington stated he is pursuing conspiracy charges. The fact that IEDs were constructed in place informs me that, was, that there was pre-planning for portions of the tragic events last week. How does the president incite an attack that was pre-planned and already underway before his speech concluded? Pelosi and her elitist Mickey Mouse club of thick-headed power gluttons still can't figure it out. There are reasons behind the display of desperation on January 6th that were ignited far more by Pelosi and her totalitarianism than anything uttered by President Donald Trump. John Bounce.
as President Trump departed. And we had a lot of obstacles and we went through the obstacles and we just got 75 million votes and that's a record in the history of in the history of sitting presidents. So have a good life. We will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. To think I did all that And may I say Not in a shy way Oh no Oh no, not me I did it my way Populism relegated back to the majority of people who knew that the incoming president, surrounded by 25,000 soldiers in a freedom-crippling display of fascism, was illegitimate. These photos come from C-SPAN camera techs who are out and about today, and you can see uh, all the different security that was put in place around Washington with Metropolitan Police, National Guard, uh, border control, a lot of different security, law enforcement security forces around Capitol Hill today. It's amazing how the Capitol Hill events are the pretext for all of these things. The pretext to discredit the president, the pretext to discredit the election contest, the pretext to take away people's educational degrees because they contested an election, the pretext to have massive military presence that may be permanently now present in Washington, D.C. We may have a permanent military occupied capital as if this was a military junta that took over control. Uh, and now they're gonna use it as well as the pretext to purge aspects of the military, and they'll probably introduce the idea of re-education camps and the template for re-education camps through the military. Even during the sacred inauguration ceremony, the one-party rule dictatorship used the debatable term insurrection to describe the events of January 6th. Two weeks ago, when an angry, violent mob staged an insurrection and desecrated this temple of our democracy, it awakened us to our responsibilities as Americans. This is the day when our democracy picks itself up, brushes off the dust, and does what America always does, goes forward as a nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Subtly downplaying the fact that rather than investigate and reform our corrupt election process, which is actually what fueled the fire that breached the Capitol, these elitists have set in motion the destruction of anyone that asks any relevant questions regarding the future of our republic. I have heard from people like I've never heard before over the last month about this election. They have major, major concerns about the integrity, the fairness of this election, and they expect me to stand up and to raise those, those concerns, and this is the only forum I have to do it. I would urge to both sides perhaps a bit less certitude and a bit more recognition that we are gathered at a time when democracy is in crisis. Recent polling shows that 39% of Americans believe the election that just occurred, quote, was rigged. I want to be clear to Senator Ted Cruz. You do not belong in the United States Senate. I want to be clear to Senator Josh Hawley, you do not belong in the United States Senate. You do not belong in any democratically elected seat 
when you don't when you do not believe that that election was even legitimate according to your self-serving claims so get out and as the future autocrat and his country club members stood for the national anthem sung by a self-proclaimed luciferian i swear to lucifer i swear to lucifer i swear to lucifer how many out there couldn't help but reflect back to biden's army tearing down the statue of francis scott key as lady gaga roused zero percent patriotism to anyone with any semblance of the totalitarian reality that had installed itself While Qatarian asset Ilhan Omar and her campaign fund funneling husband enjoyed J-Lo's message to the monumental wave of coronavirus-carrying migrants now making a beeline for the United States border. in Central America have ramped up their border controls as thousands of migrants from Honduras and Guatemala are heading to the U.S. for a new life. How many out there could hear our national security crumble? The uh, president is going to do is reverse the interior enforcement executive order that President Trump put in place. Getting rid of that, what could the potential effect of that be? So you've got two issues there, John. You've got not only, I would say, anywhere from 85 to 89 percent of the individuals that are deported by ICE, ICE uh, Immigration Customs Enforcement, are criminals or have final orders of removal. Those individuals that have been seen and heard by an immigration judge and have a final order of removal. So again, the priority continues to be there. But what it also does is, again, it sends a signal that if you're able to get into the country, if you're able to get past Border Patrol and away from that border into the interior of the country, uh, that you're going to be safe from any type of enforcement action. And we know that effective border security does not work without an effective enforcement regime behind it. And so, uh, again, I'd be very concerned about the long-term security uh, of not only the border, but also communities inside the country away from the border uh, and what we're going to see as a result of this. And now the Republic of the United States sits on the precipice of witnessing a one-party autocratic rule that will continue its imprisonment of patriots, its calls for political violence, and the strengthening of the manipulation of our voting system to maintain their lust for power. Our history has been a constant struggle between the American ideal that we're all are created equal and the harsh, ugly reality that racism, nativism, fear, demonization have long torn us apart. Recent weeks and months have taught us a painful lesson. There is truth and there are lies. Lies told for power and for profit. And each of us has a duty and a responsibility as citizens, as Americans, and especially as leaders, leaders who have pledged to honor our Constitution and protect our nation, to defend the truth and defeat the lies. John Bound reporting. 
This pigs in a blanket prime like bacon lie about Black Lives Matter has been galling me since the people on the right started throwing it out there. Why is the president calling Black Lives Matter a symbol of hate? Well, what the president um, was noting is that uh, that symbol, um, when you look at some of the things that have been chanted by Black Lives Matter, like pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon, um, that's not an acceptable phrase to paint on our streets. There is absolutely zero, none, zero evidence that Black Lives Matter has ever pushed for anything violent, pushed for anything violent to happen to police. Pigs in a blanket, fry like bacon! What some may find offensive is also free speech. What's ironic here is that marchers were being protected by the very officers targeted in the chant. Statements and chants like that are just ignorant. You know, I find it absolutely disgusting. As arrogant and jaded as the left's premier conspiracy theorist is, Joy Reid has haphazardly brought up a major issue that has been pushed into the background due to the paralysis of the state of American culture. Jack and company have now permanently suspended Trump's Twitter account, finally accomplishing something three wives, multiple legal uh, legal people who are suing him, and his entire White House staff have failed to do. Shutting him the hell up. Proving that we no longer live in a free country where any topic is fair game for criticism protected by our First Amendment. But even more dangerous is that Reed's arrogant claims are marinated in the progressive opinion that American culture is split in half. President Biden seems to understand that right-wing radicalization is a real problem. His team seems to recognize how Fox and Facebook and QAnon fantasies and all of that uh, has, has caused separate realities in the United States. He said in his inaugural address that he understands many of his fellow Americans view the future with fear and trepidation. And again, that's partly because of all the nonsense that's heard every night in prime time over there. Unity is impossible, okay? The United States is living in this um, parallel, uh, there, there's parallel universes within the United States. Unity is not feasible. It's just not. This growing schism celebrated by the pundits of neoliberal social influence is a cancerous phenomenon that intends to accelerate the balkanization of America. Well, 75% of Republicans agree with you because they were fed a big lie by President Trump and his supporters who say the election was stolen. Why can't you say President Biden won a legitimate election? Hey, George, 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 where you make a mistake is that People coming from the liberal side like you, you immediately say everything's a lie instead of saying there are two sides to everything. Historically, what would happen is if I said that I thought there was fraud, you would interview someone else who said there wasn't. But now you insert yourself in the middle and say the absolute well, fact is that everything I'm saying is a lie. Well, because, I Senator, I said what the president said was a lie because to. he said, hold we're on a second. To. He said the election was stolen. This election was not stolen. This ele- the results were certified in every you're single state was, you're saying, after counts saying, and recounts. You're saying that absolutely. Absolutely. It was, you're saying there was no fraud and it's all been investigated. That's just not true. So it's not what I said, sir. I said the Department of Justice found no, no evidence. Let, let, me, let finish. me finish my point. No, you say it's you all said lie. something that was you, not true. You say we're all liars. You're just simply saying we're all liars. And I said it was a lie that the election was stolen. Premise that you're right and we're wrong. Well, let, no. Well, let's let's talk about the specifics of it. In Wisconsin, tens of thousands of absentee votes 
had only the name on them and no address. Historically, those were thrown out this time. They weren't. They made special accommodations because they said, oh, it's a pandemic and people forgot what their address was. So they changed the law after the fact. That is wrong. That's unconstitutional. And I plan on spending the next two years going around state to state and fixing these problems. And I won't be cowed by liberals in the media who say, there's no evidence here and you're a liar if you talk about election fraud. No, let's have an open debate. It's a free country. Adding to Reed's absurdity is her assumption that the supposed and imagined boogeyman she describes as the right is jealous of the far more talented and accomplished left. The thing the right hates the most about Democrats is that Democrats have the culture. Democrats have the culture. They have the Hollywood culture. They have the glamorous culture. And the right hates that. They feel that the culture is too woke, it's too multicultural, it's not John Wayne anymore. There's all of this multiculturalism and wokeness and liberalism, and they hate it. But they also envy it. They also wish they had it. And they hate the fact that after Ronald Reagan, they no longer had a claim to the culture. They want the culture more than they want the politics. And as Hollywood has largely become a voice for the left's globalist totalitarian narrative of humanity's demise via predictive programming, a once shining inventive industry of American exceptionalism has become a tortured addled shell of its former self, inhabited by self-serving plastic egomaniacs with a fraction of the talent compared to America's rich past. It was neither right nor left that wrote the great American novel, shaped the music that spoke to generations, or made masterpieces out of celluloid. It was the soul and character of the American spirit. No, Joy Reid, nobody is jealous of the left's culture of death. John Bound reporting. The Democrats are acting as if we are under an alien invasion, but it wasn't an invasion from the Pleiades. It's merely their constituents who have had enough of their rights being stripped, the corruption that's been on parade, the blind eye to the destruction of our country by their supporters, and our vote being compromised. President Trump has held over 600 rallies in the last four years. None of them included assaulting police, destroying businesses, or burning down cities. Democrats have spent all this time endorsing and enabling violent riots that left billions in property damage and 47 dead across the United States. Democrats are on record supporting violence when it serves their cause in their own words, on social media, on interviews, and on fundraising platforms, Act Blue. So Democrats can say, quote, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country while there are uprisings happening around the country. But they impeached the president of the United States for saying peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Democrats can say, you know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. And unfortunately, there's plenty to go around. Quote, you know, there needs to be unrest in the streets while there is unrest in the streets. But they're going to impeach the president for saying peacefully and patriotically, make your voices heard. Make no mistake here. The hypocrisy of the left is on full display. Quote, 
go to the Hill, get in the face of some Congress people. We've got to fight in Congress, fight in the courts, fight in the streets. Take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Take him, go and take Trump out tonight. Sound familiar? Let me give you one bottom line. As a former government official, government's gonna kill this guy. Burning cars and smashed windows. A small group of protesters dressed in black, their faces covered, armed with hammers and bricks. Facing off with thousands of officers on site, many in riot gear, confronting them with flashbang grenades and pepper spray. Before the swearing-in ceremony even began, protesters tried to block checkpoint entrances. During President Trump's speech, several demonstrators were escorted out of the area. Several officers injured during the protest today and more than 100 people arrested. Instead of throwing a blanket of calm and unification over the raging fire of frustration, the Corporatic Country Club responds with gasoline. After the attack on our capital, I hope that the Congress can finally come together and do something to address this threat. Senator Dick Durbin's Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act would establish offices at the DOJ, the FBI, and the Department of Homeland Security to prevent future attacks like the one this week at the U.S. Capitol. It would require these offices to regularly assess the domestic terrorism threat. This man is dangerous. He has defied the Constitution. He's incited sedition, and he must be removed. If we fail to remove a white supremacist president who incited a white supremacist insurrection, it's communities like Missouri's first district that suffer the most. The 117th Congress must understand that we have a mandate to legislate in defense of black lives. The first step in that process is to root out white supremacy, starting with impeaching the white supremacist in chief. Thank you, and I yield back. Amongst themselves, the left foments a dangerous communistic narrative deeming all conservatives as subhuman trash. As the Palmer Report tweeted, Conservatives cannot be teachers, police officers, doctors, lawyers, coaches, or bosses. It's constitutionally unfair to others who are subjected to the conservatives' deranged judgment. Conservatives can do menial work until they are ready to join the human race. Palmer is essentially calling for the very same Chinese-style re-education labor camps that former PBS counsel Michael Beller was arrogantly bragging about in a Project Veritas investigation. Right. They're nice. They have Sesame Street characters in the classroom, and they watch PBS all day. It's good to live in a place where people are, you know, educated and know stuff. And can you imagine if you lived in one of these other towns or states where everybody's just... Of course, PBS's Beller went further, smirking as he targeted America's children for the ultimate suffering. While the narrative poisons the gullible via the Mockingbird media. There are millions of Americans, um, uh, almost all white, almost all Republicans, who 
somehow need to be deprogrammed. They're, it, it, it's as if they, 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 they're members of a cult, the Trumpist cult, uh, and, and we have to be deprogrammed. Do you have any idea how we, <laughs> how we start that process, even, much less complete it? Uh, what ultimately uh, breaks that power structure in the South is enforcement, right? There has to be consequences. Uh, and then once you get those consequences, I think then people have to take a second look at their actions and they have to be much more uh, afraid uh, to do the types of kind of violence that we saw this week, uh, last week, the violence that we've seen building, you know, with what happened in Michigan, the violence that's being threatening now. Um, what has long been the case in this country is that we have wanted to quickly move on to reconciliation when it comes to this sort of divide. Uh, we've always been afraid that if you actually punish um, those kind of white nationalist element in our society will only make things worse. But in fact, what history shows is, is not reacting, not uh, forcing accountability, only emboldens uh, those people in those movements. So I think there has to be some real accountability. Um, there has to be some enforcement of the laws. And then after that, I think, is when you can start trying to build reconciliation. If you voted for Trump, you voted for the person who the Klan supported. You voted for the person who Nazis support. You voted for the person who the alt-right supports. That's the crowd that you are in. Biden's army of Soros-funded anarchists continue their maelstrom of terror on middle America, as if it's business as usual. There's only one obvious path ahead of the left's veiled, weather underground, Cloward and Piven style rhetoric. Four years of pushing America closer and closer to their civil war. I want you to know we should be concerned that the Republicans will not defend him, and he is capable of starting a civil war. He must be impeached. He must be stopped now. John Bound reporting. Thanks for tuning in to John Bound Politics. Please subscribe if you haven't already at dailynewscollective.com. It's our mission to bring you some semblance of logic in this crumbling corporatic America. You can find us at dailynewscollective.com, John Bound Reports on rumble.com, John Bound Politics on YouTube while it's still there, and Bound Reports on band.video. And as always, a big thanks to hcuniversalnetwork.com. Good night, America, wherever you are.